0: All right, so let's begin with our uh, medication affecting the respiratory system, medications affecting um, the respiratory system. Now we have variety of different medications affecting the system. So we have lower and upper respiratory system. And we have lower and upper respiratory conditions. so we'll begin with our asthma. Asthma, we we'll look at the airflow disorders, air flow disorders. Um, how air flow or how we experience air exchanges is our first concern when it comes to The anglers, because this is a very big topic in anglers, so we'll let's look at it in depth. Asthma, and asthma is that number one condition that has to do with airflow disorders. As we know, asthma is a chronic disorder um, of the airway. It is an inflammatory disorder wherein um, the airway becomes inflamed and then it causes airway obstruction and gaseous exchanges becomes difficult. With this it is an intermittent condition and it is reversible. That's the good thing about asthma and its problems. It is it is uh reversible, it affects the bronchioles of the airway. Um, there is an obstruction either it is caused by something that is inhaled from our environment which we term as hypersensitivity or some other um, pollens or it could be foreign bodies it could be allergens from our environment that we inhale that trigger the inflammatory effect of our body that's going to cause our body to get uh, our airway to become inflamed now <clears throat> when this occur we need to have those medications those treatment modalities that will lead us through the attack that will stabilize the condition and return us to our normal activities of daily lives our ADLs. so that is the goal of the treatment now before asthma can occur the goal becomes if you have a client under your possession on the unit It could be in the hospital it could be at home it could be wherever you find yourself that is considered an uh that that is considered an uh an environment that you have to control your patient allergens because if you do not control the allergens the patient gets uh involved and there is a triggering factors so those factors will trigger asthmatic attack and the patient is exposed to asthmatic attacks so our our goal before the condition can become acute is to prevent um, the condition from coming or, or the attack. If the attack comes in, our goal becomes to treat the condition promptly and to take the patient back to his or her normal ADLs. Those medications that we talk about under here, those medications will include we have um the bronchodilating agents so we have the first one we'll talk about the bronchodilating agent bronchodilating agents those are the first drugs we'll talk about bronchodilating agents are the first medication we we'll, we'll talk about under here then we'll talk about the methylxanthines methylxanthines are another group of medications we're going to talk about here the methylxanthines um these are also drugs we use when a client has an asthmatic attack uh, these are inhaled anti agents and we have the anti-inflammatory agent the anti Inflammatory agents. Inflammatory agents. Now, these agents is where you have the steroids medication. That is the, glucocortico- stero- the glucocorticoids, the mast cells, and the leukotriene modifier. Now, so under here, we'll have gluco Corticoids, corticoids. You have the mast cell stabilizer, mast cells stabilizer, and we're going to have the last among them are the leukotriene modifier, the leukotriene, modifier. Now I'm I'm trying to bring it in this form because all these medications have different function, but they are grouped into three compartments when it comes to taking care of asthmatic patients. So you have the bronchodilators. Those include you have drugs like the, the beta agonists. So all the beta agonists will fall under here. The beta Agonists will fall under bronchodilators that's one group of medications there are several types they are different types but they're going to fall under the the bronchodilators then we also have um the next group is we have the metaxanthanes metaxanthanes are the one you inhale they inhale cortical or anticholidic agents they are called the inhale. They inhale uh they inhale agents. They all will fall under the metals And the last group of the medications or those drugs that help to prevent or stop or cease asthmatic attack would be the anti-inflammatory agents, the corticosteroids, the mast cell stabilizer tree modifier. Now, so I'm going to go into them one at a time so we can understand each category. Um, what are we talking about in each category? So I'm going to start with the first one that includes the bronchodilating agents. So, under here, these medications we say they are the beta 2. Agonists, or we call them the bit, the bitter adrenergic adrenergic agonist. We we'll look at a few examples of these medication. Now, you saw that I labelled these drugs in different categories. And you want to understand this medication in these various categories to be able to know them better and know when they are needed when it comes to asthmatic or airway problems. That's why they are listed in different categories. And the first category is the bronchodilating agents. These agents include the beta-adrenergic agonist. Now, under here, this medication... Um, they activate the beta receptor sites in the bronchioles where we have the smooth muscle. It results in bronchodilatation. Because in asthmatic conditions, what happens in there is our airway becomes narrow, becomes congested. It becomes uh, very small. It becomes it, it become like a still. It goes through what we call so, in this case, we need medication that are going to come in and prevent that stiffness to create muscular relaxation. One, two, to create bronchodilation so that the bronchus can open. And lastly, to clear the airway. That's why we have three groups of drugs that would do this or this different function of the airway in terms of asthmatic condition. And the first of those medications are. You have the bronchodilating agents now these agents one these agents under here they do three things one they cause bronchodilatation bronchodilatation or dilation that's the first thing they do under here that's one two this agent um they because uh, histamine release is prohibited, they prohibit histamine. Histamine release. Histamine release. What are histamine? Histamine are those chemicals when our immune system has been had when our immune system is triggered by foreign bodies. Histamines are the ones that are released in response to our immune triggering. So as long as our immune has been triggered. And histamines are being produced. We're going to have airway problem. As when you're going to see someone with asthma wants to cough, they cannot cough well. They're not, they are coughing. Uh, there is no sputum. They are not breathing well because histamines are being produced in the airway. So histamine will cause them to be very much discomfortable. So that's what happening. So this medication will also relieve uh, histamine. They the, 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 the prevent histamine release. So they prevent. Histamine relief. So, once there is no histamine relief, the client becomes at ease. The last thing this medication will do is, they create an increase in ciliary mortality. So, they, they create an increase, increased in uh, ciliary motility. Ciliary motility. What does, what does this mean? Um, in our airway, along the bronch, along our airway, along the airway, we have these smaller hair-like structures that are along the airway. They are called cilia. They are hair-like structures. These hair-like structures to trap foreign bodies that we breathe in. So we 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 breathe in an atmosphere. The atmospheric air is not very clean. So as we breathe in, out we trap. We take in things that our body does not need. So the cilia along the. Air- Alright, so. We' we'll look at these medication, the beta agonist. The beta agonist, you have um, you have don't look at the abitura and the liver bitural. We we'll start with the abitura, the bitturural and the liver bitural, and the liver bu-tura. Now, these medications, um, they are what we call the inhale short-acting. We, we inhale abuterol, so they are inhaled medication, and they are short-acting, they are rapid-acting. So when you have an asthmatic attack, you use an inhaler of abuterol. It helps to arrest the situation on the scene and provides some relief. Now, this medication they are oral, and uh, they are short acting, and the oral ones are long acting. Let me say it this way: if we inhale them, the inhale ones they are short acting, and the oral ones are long acting. That's smart. A can be short acting if it is inhaled; it can be rapid acting if it is inhaled. If it is taken as pills, it can be long acting. Just so you know that about abilinol. Now abilinol provides prevention of asthma. So it provides prevention of asthma that is exercise induced asthmatic attack. Exercise induced. So if I'm an athlete and I have asthma and I'm going out to jog, I will take my 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 PO arbutyrol to provide that, that uh, exercise-induced asthmatic condition. It does that. Now, then, this medication, will also treats acute bronchospasm. So if you have an asthmatic attack where the entire bronca becomes completely still, this medication, the, Arbitura, the liver arbutyrol, can also provide relief for bronchospasm. This drugs can also treat long-term asthma control. So if you're a long-term asthma client and you want to keep your asthma under control, we'll take this medication. Now, in the end class, I want to remember two things about this medication. Um, these drugs can be both long-acting and short-acting. If it is used as an inhaler, it can be short-acting. It can be rapid-acting. If it is used as PO, it can be long-acting. Just so you know that. Then we have the formoterol and the salmeterol. Now, for the Formitirol for and the salmeterol, these medications are inhaled long-acting. You have the formoterol, the formoterol, and the salmeterol. So these two medications are long-acting medications. They are inhaled long-acting. So they are long-acting inhaled medication now um what is happening this medication and the first one we'll talk about is that BTR can be both long and short acting, depending on the route used to immune them. now for this salmeterol and the they are long acting and they could be inhaled those still provide the long acting long acting effect to the body this medication the control long term they provide long-term asthma control if I use a lot of corticosteroids. So we use this medication with corticosteroids, with corticosteroids, um corticosteroids, we use the use of corticosteroids to provide long-acting effects or long-acting control to asthma to asthma conditions. Now, these medications, they are also uh, good medication when we want to like, provide, like for children also. When, I, when children are having asthma and they, they are going to school in the winter, when well, we want to see uh, a high, high incident of asthma cases, they can also use them to prevent asthma con- uh, attack if the environment is not very safe for them. Now, then we have the terbutaline. Terbutaline is another medication. Terbutaline. Now, terbutaline and abidural. These medications, they are oral and they are long-acting, like I said. Terbutaline can be oral and it's long-acting. It helps to control long uh, long-term asthma condition. This tambitalium. Now, when when we are on this medication, there are other contraindications that might come in when we are on this medication. They have different contraindications. These medications cannot be given in the case of pregnancy category C. Pregnancy category C. It is contraindicated with this medication. You cannot admit of these drugs. Um, client who have tarshid cardiac or tarshid dysrhythmia, increased cardiac beat or heartbeat, they cannot take these medications. These medications should be used when patient has diabetes, it should be used cautiously. A patient has heart disease, hypertension, Hyperthyroidism. these drugs got to be used cautiously when the patient has these conditions. Now, um, you want to always tell the patient if it is to be administered through MDR, the patient has to follow the doctor's prescription or what is on the package of medication. They have to follow it to get the best result of this medication. They have to. Um, when the patient is to inhale this medication, the patient has to wait at least one minute in between every inhalation. So if they are inhaling the through the MDR, they have to wait one minute in between. If we are going to, to use two different inhalants at the same time, patient have to wait at least three to five minutes between two different inhalants. Any question on these medications? The methyls um, these medications create smooth muscles relaxation. That's the form of these medications. They create smooth muscles relaxation because when you have another attack, our muscles are contracted, they are not relaxed, and this can create some or it, it prevents smooth airway air exchanges or gaseous exchanges so when you take the metaxanthene it creates smooth muscle relaxation um it is the first line of treatment for asthma um it was basically uh, the first line of treatment now it has changed first time this will be the first line of treatment. example of these drugs you have the amino you remember the amino this will be like the first line of treatment asthmatic condition back in the days aminophilin was wanted throughout every clinic every asthmatic client was used on an asthmatic attack now but now that has changed due to it has so many different side effects that was not very comfortable for for the patient now this medication you have like, like the theophylline, theophylline, aminophilin they are all examples of these metaxanthines. They come in both IV and PO type. So you have IV aminophilin that you can never administer IV directly. You have to use a huge volume of diluent to administer aminophilin. So it comes in PO and it comes in IV. Now, these medications, um, they are used for long-term control of chronic COPD or asthma. When a client has chronic COPD or asthma, we use theophylline or aminofilin or the metazantines in this case. So we use them in both cases, either in asthma condition or when a client has chronic COPD. Now these medications um, they come like I said, it comes both in oral and IV routes. They are preferred to be used IV when the client has asthmatic attack because it's faster but dangerous. These drugs can cause toxicity if they are not used appropriately, and that's what I said with the side effect it has, with the contraindication it has, with the kind of a, complications that was caused by this medication, so they are now not used as the first lines of treatment for asthmatic conditions. Now, when you are on this medication, you want to make sure to, to, to check the client' triathletic level. For teofilin, it has 5 to 15 as the triathletic level when the client is on this medication. And you have to always check this level, um, microgram per milliliter. So it comes, the top, the, top the level is 5 to 15 microgram per milliliter. You have to try to make sure, a patient with on theophylline, a patient has to do blood draw to know the theophylline blood level at all time. Because if it goes above the normal range, it's going to cause toxicity. If it falls below the normal range, it' gonna be non-effective. Now, for this medication, um, it also has several adverse effects. One, it crosses twenty microgram. If the total goes above twenty microgram per milliliter, there will be toxic effects coming up. We cannot take this this medication along with caffeine. If we are on methylxanthines. We don't take caffeine. Caffeine is a no-no with this medication. Caffeine will increase. Caffeine will increase the cardiac effect and the CNS. It will bring in CNS problem when you combine it with caffeine. Uh, this medication we have to avoid phenobarbital. Phenobarbital gotta be avoided. Phenobar. That to be avoided when you are on methase things. Um, when you take them along with phenobarbital, it can cause increase, it can increase the level of TO Meaning this dross, phenobarbital can increase the therapeutic effect of teophyll. So just imagine if the topic effect is being increased by no medication, meaning the client is running towards toxic effect of the medication. So we do not under also and mutual it with uh, drugs like cementadine cementadine ciprofloxacin, and all fluoroquinolone medication or antibiotics can increase theophylline levels now when you are reading this portion of of, of of this medication you want to remember these drugs that we are calling their names by you want to remember their names and their classes in the end class in most of the cases the end class will not use this medication name. They will not use their name. They might use other drugs in the same classes that might have the same effect on the patient when they are taking these metazantine and one of those medications. Now, we have to manage to know. We have to try to study to know these drugs by name and know their common interaction with other medication. Because in the end class they're going to give us an exhibit. You have a client who has asthma, has the following medication on their MAR. Which drugs will the next question? Now, you will see Cimetadine, all these drugs on the other list of medication. Now, if you did not read to remember that this medication will increase the level of theophylline, thus by increasing the drug's toxic effect, then you miss the question. So, they will have these drugs named label or not. On the other chart or the spreadsheet of the computer in the end class with these drugs names. And among those drugs, there will be one drugs that is contraindicated when you are taking mechazantins. And they will not use the name mechazantins. They will give you your filling or amino filling. Drugs that fall within the group mechanzantins. And they will ask you for the following drugs with nurse question: why a tipping. Or, while attending to a client with a long term asthmatic condition, so you have to know them very well. So, we say day the fluoroquinolone antibiotics can increase theophylline levels. So, we do not want to use them concurrently together, they're going to increase the level of theophylline. We want to advise the client to take this medication as prescribed. If the client missed a dose, the client cannot double the dose for metazantine. The client will continue on the next dose. The client should not double the dose for metaxanthine. The client should not chew or crush this medication because if they are chewed or crushed, the client will not get the desired effect for this medication. This drugs should be swallowed in a whole form. You cannot alter the the drugs form before being administered. Any question on the methods and things? Then we we'll look at uh, the inhaled anti medication. Yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to put my something on speak. So so means you can get it in liquid to write. Uh yes. It coming over and IV. So you have another filling uh suspension for pediatrics. Yeah, it can it comes in liquid. Lipos- now mm-hmm. so, so, um, yeah. So is it all antibiotic the- no, we said the fluorocinolums. Floral, fluoroquinolones These are the ones that are contraindicated. They have the ciprofloxacin They are contraindicated that you have cimetadine So this medication can increase the traffic effect of metals and things. Then we look at the inhale anticoagulant agents. So, the inhale medication will include apratropium. You've heard of the medication apratropium, right? For asthmatic patients. So, these are what we call the inhale. The inhale anti cholinergic agent, agent, the acra Now, you have these medications, um. These drugs work by blocking the muscarinic receptor sites in our body. Uh, so the muscarinic receptor site can help to create, um, when, they, when, they, when they release their enzyme or chemical in the body, it causes bronchoconstriction. It causes the bronca, the, 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 the pathway to be narrow. So when you take this medication, they block those muscarinic receptor sites. When the sites are blocked, it helps to create bronchodilation. That's how this medication works. So they, are also, um, they also help to dilate the bronchi. Now, these drugs will relieve bronchospizing. This medication will also um, they prevent, they are used in exercise-induced asthmatic attack and they are also used in allergens, allergens induced, allergens induced asthmatic condition and they are also used in exercise um, induced asthmatic problems. So we use the inhaled anti cognitive agents for these purposes. Um, they have some other complications that I want to know about. They they can cause uh, dry of the mouth, so they have they cause the mouth to get dry, mouth dryness. When you are on them, these are the complications that, that you're going to have with this medication. It can cause hoarseness. It can cause hoarseness. cause nuts h-o-a-r-s-e they cause wholeness to the client um so in this case you want to chew sugar-free gum you want to tip in ice chip to wet the mouth when you are on this medication so this medication you want to advise the client to rinse their mouth after then drug, the drug has a bad taste. So when they do the inhalation of the medication, they gotta rinse their mouth so that they can stop having a bad taste in their mouth. Um, other dosage is two puffs. For the adults, the adults usually have two puffs of the methylaxis two puffs. You put it in the mouth, you push the, the you, 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 you pump the first puff, Seven puffs, that's it. You don't go above two for adults medications with these anti agents. Two puffs for adults, and um, you want to make sure the client has a length of time between the two puffs. If two inhale medications are prescribed, like I said, you wait for at least five minutes apart to give the other inhale. Drugs. So if you have the atropine tropium to give to the client and the client has a beauty role, you must give the client at least five minutes apart when you are providing the two drugs. Because this medication can have drugs-to-drugs interaction that we do not want to see. Um, you advise the client not to swallow the teotropium cap- capsule. Another step is the teotropium. Theotropium, we do not swallow this capsule. It comes in capsule, the theotropium. It has a capsule type. We do not swallow the capsule. So you advise the claim not to swallow the theotropium capsule. Um, we use a device to administer the capsule. It's a device we use. We, it, it comes in capsule, not solid. I think we, we use a device to give the medication and we trash the capsule of the drug. It is not to be swallowed. Now, the reason why I would point this out when you are reading a particular drug class for the ankles and you saw this one medication, you, you saw this one drug that talks about different things from the other medication, you have to make a highlight of that drugs. Take for example, this drug, it says that the client should not solve the capsule. And normal capsule medications are not to be altered. So with this drug, the teotropion, it comes in capsule, capsule will do not solve it. We open it and use a device to administer it. So the, the nurse will get involved when a graduate nurse is administering a teotropium as a whole capsule, or when a client asks a graduate nurse, "How do I take the capsule of teotropium? and what will be what response by the graduate nurse will have the, the RN to intervene? This is how this question will come in the end So, if you know the basic of the of the of, of the content of the condition or the question, it becomes easier. If you don't know some the question, you just going to guess. So when you see this question in the book, in your notes, in any material you are reading, you want to make sure you understand what it says in there. So for this medication, um, so don't don't do, 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 I guess make about this medication. Any question on the on this uh inhale anti cold cold cold, cold I, I like agents? On the, the glucocorticoids these are medications that uh, prevent inflammation they suppress airway mucus production and uh, they also promote responsiveness of the beta 2 drugs we talked about earlier remember we said in the case of long-term asthmatic problem, we can combine corticosteroid with beta-2 medication. So to provide a better effect of this medication, we combine the beta-2 medication with the glucocorticoid. Those drugs include the baclomethazone, pernisolone, and all those drugs are on our glucocorticoid. Now, this medication, they also reduce the airway mucosa edema. That's why they are called the anti-inflammatory medications. So they so you're going to talk about them on here. Now, these drugs, the use of these drugs do not provide immediate effects, but it promote decreased severity and frequency of the asthma exacerbation. So when you have an asthmatic attack and you took penicillin or any of the corticosteroids, it's not going to help you right away. It does not provide an immediate relief. So when you see the n don't take it up as an immediate relief medication. It helps to provide a long-term prevention, a long-term control if they are used along with the beta-2 agonist. That's the function of these of glucocorticoids. These medications, um, we can use them as a short-term IV agent when a client has status asthmaticus. So when a client has status asthmaticus, a complication of asthma condition, we can use them a lot of other medications to release the Complication of asthma condition Now this is a condition in which the client is having uh, Complication of the asthmatic attack where we have given all the treatment and yet still the client cannot relieve of the asthmatic attack Under here These drugs are inhaled agents also. They can be inhaled agents that can be used for long-term asthmatic prevention so they have inhaled corticosteroids that can be used as a long-term, a long-term preventive measure for asthmatic attack. This medication also, um, they can treat chronic severe asthmatic condition, using it as a long-term oral therapy. This medication helps to promote lungs maturity and the decrease, the stress during uh, fetal, or during preterm birth. So if you have a preterm birth, and if, and if and the 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 the, the, the fetus well, the, the, the came out prematurely, and there is so much respiratory disorder, respiratory distress going on, we can use these corticosteroids. These to have um, to have this problem solved, so so we can use them for these problems. When you have a preterm baby that having so much with, uh, respiratory distress problem, we can administer them to to help in such conditions. Now, we look at the first one under here is the backlog metasome. An example of these drugs is the Beclo Metazone. Another one is the Premixololol, and all of the other drugs that you know that fall under um, corticosteroids. This medication can be a mixture of MDR, methyl dose inhaler. We can use it with methyl dose inhaler. Um, with this medication, we say it prevents long term or it controls long term chronic asthmatic problem. We can also use it to we can also use it through a nebulizer, so we use it through MDI. Uh, we can use it with nebulizer. We can also use it with, dry, uh, with DPI, drop powder inhale. So we can use it through these three mediums. Nebolizing mediums, DPR or MDR to administer the beta some or some other, some other uh, example of the, cort- of, of, of the glucocorticoid. Um, this medication under here, we can also use spacer to prevent the adverse effect. You know the mouse we use when we're using the MDR, the mouse spacer, they can be used with this medication to prevent other adverse effects of the medication. Now, these drugs, when you take them, you got to rinse your mouth because it has some bad taste in your mouth. It has like a, some bad taste, so when you use this medication with the MDR, the taste goes in your mouth, and arrange your mouth when you're done. So they can cause the same problem. They can cause, when you use it, when you use it, when you use it as patches, um, they can cause, I'm sorry, they can cause wet patches on the skin or on the tongue when you inhale them, they can cause hoarseness. So when, you, when you're using this inhaler, hoarseness becomes some of the side effect of the medication. Um, so when the client uses it for a long time, um, the client can have other complications, other publications, like a uh, moth sore, other things can come in when they have used used it for, for a long time. They can have like uh, myopathy, Aseptic ulcer disease condition uh, can come out when you are using them also along with NSAID medication. It can cause fluid electrolyte imbalances um, when you use some of these corticosteroids. Now, for penicillin in particular, penicillin is the most preferred corticosteroid that we want to use in, uh, with asthmatic condition. Pregnizolone is the most preferred one among them. The Pregnizolone is the most preferred cortical steroids for asthma condition. Um, And we should mention that this medication, we don't want to use it for more than 10 days. For this medication, if we use it for 10 days, it comes with so much different complications. That is the pernisolone. It will cause some adrenal gland dysfunction. For a long time, it suppresses the adrenal gland. And it also causes weakness in our immune system. That's why we don't use it for a long time. It causes bone uh, bone, that bone, loss. The bone becomes fragile. We use this corticosteroid for a long period of time. The bone becomes fragile. So the plant can also have hyperglycemic effect. Corticosteroids as a whole, they can, uh, they can increase the level of blood sugar. That is, they can make the insulin to become non... They can inactivate the function of the insulin. That can increase the blood sugar in our body. So when you are on this medication, that is, the corticosteroids, and you are having diabetes, it is good that the doctor to know about it to tell you what to do next. But this drugs can have direct effect on blood sugar activities. We cannot use pernisolone um, with potassium depleting diuretics. We cannot use them. They're going to cause hypokalemia. We cannot use this medication with NSAIDs. If you use this drug with n they're gonna cause GI problems. They cause, they can cause GI ulceration. You cannot use them with n medication. If you use them with a hypoglycemic agent, they're gonna cause a counteractive problems. So, you want to try to use these inhalers on a regular basis, with fixed schedule for long term asthma therapy. If they taking it on a particular day, they can take it every day at the same time on a regular schedule for long term patients with asthma problem or asthma problem. Um, these medications are not used to treat, that is, the long and other medications are not used to treat an acute asthmatic attack. They are used to treat, um, like, uh, Long-term problem. This medication, um, the, when a client is taking the inhaled beta agonist and an inhaled glucocorticoid, invite the client to inhale the beta before inhaling the glucocorticoid. the glucocorticoid. So, if they are on the beta medication as an inhaler and they are on the glucocorticoid as an inhaled, also. They should use the beta medication first before using the glucocorticoids. Because one will open the airway, one clears the airway. So the beta will open the airway, they are bronchodilators, and the glucose will help to clear the airway. So you want to open the airway, clear the airway. Any questions on this medication? Then we will look at the liquid train modifier, which is the last one on this anti inflammatory agent, the liquid train modifier. The liquid train modifiers, liquid modifier. The leucoturin modifiers, these are medication that suppress the effect of leukotrienes in our body. When leucoturins are suppressed, it reduces our, the, the inflammation of our airway. So leukotrienes also help to, inf- to make the airway to get inflamed. So when these leukotrienes are suppressed, it releases the suppression of our airway. So it helps to also open the airway. Um, it, pre- it prevents uh, bronchoconstriction, it prevents airway edema, and it prevents mucus production in the airway. And that's why, in the case of asthma, you will hear all of these problems. You hear these wheezes, uh, but the air airway become constricted. There, there is a bronchospasm there's an inflammation, all these things happen at once with clients, with asthma. So we have to treat it very uh, very effectively using all these different agents to treat it. Now, under this liquid modifier, you have drugs like the multi time. The multi loss Monty loose cast is an example the Monty loose cast The Monty loose loose cast Is an example of the liquid train modifier Under here this medication that like I said they can prevent bronchoconstriction Airway edema and mucus production in our airway this medication
1: We have another type
0: we call the Zafeluska. Now, I'll talk about this medication just in a little bit so we can look at it more. For the Monteluska, it is used in children as young as 12 months. So this first one can be used in children we are, they are as young as twelve months of age, like one year. We can use the Monty Looska. For the Zafir Looska, um, they are used in children above five years, above five years and above for the Monty Looska. Now, for another one is um, this Zaluton. Xelilton, this is used in adults and adolescents. They are used for adults and adolescents. So they are used in adults and they can be used in adolescents also. Um, this medication, this medication on the lyco modifier, they have some bad adverse effects. And one of those other effects is the client gonna have suicidal ideation (S.I.). The client will have S.I.S.H. behavior, self uh, suicidal ideation or self-harm behavior, self-harmful behavior. They're gonna have it when they are on these liquid train modifiers. The client gonna have depression. The client can have depression as the complication with this nico tree modifier. The zeluton can cause liver damage. It causes liver primer, which is hepatotoxicity. Liver damage of this zeluton. So just think on L for liver and liver for newton. So they can cause liver damage. Um, also, like you have the Zyphrel Lusca. These two drugs can cause liver problems. It can cause hepatotoxicity. Um, the Monty is contra the category B. So the Monty is for pregnancy category B, while the Zyphrel is for pregnancy category C. Now um, it's also contraindicated in clients who receive viral vaccines. If the client receives viral vaccine or any vaccine that derived from virus, uh, they cannot take this medication. So the anchor will ask a client who just took uh, the measles vaccines is to be is to take. The montelukast medication, or a client who who got the vaccines yesterday, um, has the foreign medication on their MAR. Which one would the nurse question? And you should be fast fast in thinking that this leukotriene modifier cannot go when a client has just taken viral vaccines or vaccine for viral infection, to be, to be specific. So um, this medication, we cannot, like for the Xeloton and the Zaf- um they inhibit the metabolism of Warfarin or Coumadin. So this medication, we do not preserve it along the blood cleaner Coumadin. We cannot give it with Coumadin or Warfarin. They will increase the level of warfarin if we're using them together. They increase um, the metabolic. They increase the level of, 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 of in the body. So when the client is on them with warfarin, we want to advise the client to observe indications of bleeding. Any signs of bleeding the client is going to have. We want to report those signs of bleeding. Want to look for the doctor. Want to monitor the time, perturbation time, and the iron hour level, the PT and the iron Remember we're talking, we're talking about? We're talking about comadine or warfarin. talking about iron hour, the international normalized ratio, and the perturbation time. And this medication, or this medication, the antidote is vitamin K. And we said that when you are on vitamin when you are on medication, you can, you can eat green little vegetables, but you must eat them in a consistent amount. That's one. When we're talking about heparin, we are speaking about the APTT and the antidote for this heparin is the protamine sulfate and we say heparin does not dissolve clot in the blood but it prevents newer clot formation for heparin so when you are reading these things Remember, remember these tips about this medication for the ankles. It's important. We say montelukast. when you use it concurrently with finitone dalantin, it can inhibit the effect of montelukast. So if you use dalantin with montelukast, the montelukast will not work because the dalantin will inhibit the function on the therapeutic effect of the multilusca. So dalantin is one of those drugs I always talk about here that has a negative impact on other medications when they are used concurrently. So you want to observe for therapeutic effect of multilusca if they are combined or if they are concurrently used with dalantin or phenyptomal. So, um, We're going to stop here for today.